Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch. Actually, my Punchful News. It's Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on Russia. Number two, partisanship is back. Surprise, surprise. And number three, what's happening on the Hill with the unionization effort? All right, Jake, let's get into it. The top of Punchable News AM is a look at what is happening with the security situation in Ukraine with thousands of Russian troops massed near the border there. U.S. officials are rushing to shore up the Ukrainian government's financial position. Uh, A lot happening here. Yeah. So, okay. So let's take this from the top here. Uh, uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken uh, confirmed what we had reported and others had reported, um, uh, which is the U.S. is offering loan guarantees of up to a billion dollars to Ukraine. This is to backstop and shore up their economy after, uh, you know, as Russia, Russian troops are massed at the border. Uh, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, spent a bunch of time briefing lawmakers about this on on Tuesday. It was really interesting, and I spoke to, we quoted this in the PM edition, which everyone should subscribe to at punchbowl.news. Um, but uh, Mark Warner, the Senate intelligence chairman, said this is a very, very dangerous week, which is if you, if you see a lawmaker coming out of a, a secure briefing in the Capitol, uh, a secure classified briefing in the Capitol saying this is a very, very dangerous week, uh, that you should have some pause about that. But anyway, uh, news stories this morning, and we're recording this here at five o'clock in the morning on the East Coast in Washington, uh, news stories this morning from Reuters and from the FT and from the New York Times indicate that some of Russia's military forces are returning to their bases from the Ukrainian border. Uh, Stocks and European equities are up on that news. Um, I don't know, and I never know what to believe when it comes to to Russia and to these situations. This is not our area of expertise, but I think everyone's going to take, if I have to guess, the White House and... um, Congress and uh, you know everybody involved in in national security foreign policy are going to take a take this with a grain of salt until it's independently confirmed. Absolutely, although still you know kind of a a, a, a sigh of relief, I'm sure, but from many at least that this is a positive indicator after several days um, of very tense. Uh, kind of, you know, viewpoints being shared on the Hill. Certainly, uh, this White House having a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen, what moves they can do, the fact that they weren't able to get anything in terms of, you know, a preliminary or proactive sanctions package through the Senate. This has been something that folks have been spending a lot of time on in recent days and weeks. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute, Anna, but what you said is right. I mean, this has been a this has been dominating the conversation on Capitol Hill for days now. All right, let's move to the number two story of the morning. Hello, partisanship, my old friend. Last week, the narrative around D.C. was that bipartisanship was breaking out in Congress. But like many things in Congress, the fever has broken. The Senate has run smack into a partisan wave this week, making life more difficult for Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and the Democrats. Nothing and I think we can say this with absolute certainty, nothing is simple or easy in a 50-50 Senate. No, last week all the coverage was that Congress was back on a bipartisan kick. They are back on a partisan kick right now. Let's take the examples from the top. 
uh, no sanctions package after weeks of being told that Congress needed to pass a sanctions package because it would show that um, it is it would show that uh, uh, the U.S. and and the, the legislature is is uh, unified when it come when it came to Russia's proposed or, or threat of invasion in Ukraine. Now Congress says they don't need it and they're going to pass a non-binding resolution. So we've gone from a hurry uh, to pass sanctions to one chamber passing a non-binding resolution, which is pretty um, um, pretty telling. Number two, two small snafus when it comes to government funding. Government funding runs out in three days, and suddenly the Senate has two problems. Marsha Blackburn is convinced. I don't. Well, she's convinced that the government is trying to hand out crack pipes based on a, a, a media report in the uh, Washington Free Beacon. Uh, the White House and HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the Office of National Drug Policy say they are not indeed trying to hand out crack pipes. So, you know, I. That's... She wants a formal <laughs> response. I mean, she's, you know, I, I, whether or not you agree with her, I think she's just trying to get her. She's trying to. She's. She and other Republicans feel pretty strongly about this, Jake. Yes, they feel strongly that this is going to happen. It's part of there. She's referring to a uh, a, um, a program that does help drug addicts, but does not give out crack pipes. Uh, it, it gives out things like vaccines and tests. And um, I guess what she's referring to, according to reports, is a rubber stopper for crack pipes that help prevent people from burning their lips. That's what the Washington Post reported last week. Uh, another separate issue, Mike Lee and other Republican senators are demanding a vote on an amendment to ban the federal government from funding a vaccine mandate for federal workers, contractors, and the military. He's going to settle, as he says in his letter, on a um, an amendment vote, which is what he did last time. But, uh, you know, uh, what a mess here, three days ahead of of funding deadline. And then the last but not least, postal reform. Uh, for some strange reason, the House enrolled, so that means Nancy Pelosi signed the wrong version of the um, of the postal reform bill. This was a clerical error by the clerk, not Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and they they the House passed a fix to this by unanimous consent. The Senate uh is not able to do it by unanimous consent because Rick Scott disagreed. Rick Scott says he wants to fix the bill. Of course, what he's doing here is not going to fix the bill. It's just holding it up. So again, Anna, we live in a in a uh, a strange political moment here. Um, and uh, high highs, low quickly. lows. That's what I often say here high in Washington. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, they did. Schumer did get one. He eked out a win. Uh, certainly he and the White House on Monday when the Senate invoked cloture on Robert Califf's nomination for FDA commissioner. Uh, final vote on that is today. So that is certainly uh, a little bit of progress. But uh, t- to your point, uh, as much as, you know, kind of the swings of partisanship uh, continue here in Washington and uh, certainly, if nothing else, uh, keep us busy uh, because you got to make sure you you know which 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 ways up depending on the day. All right, the number three story of the morning. Uh, some act 
activity on unionization on Capitol Hill. Very interesting. Representative Zoe Lofgren, the Democrat from California, chair of the House Administration Committee and a very close ally of Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking the Capitol's Workplace Authority to clarify regulations as to how congressional aides might unionize. The first official step by a lawmaker that could allow staff to band together and organize. Uh, One small step forward here for those in favor of unionization. That's right. Um, listen, we, we've been following this quite closely because this impacts a huge a huge chunk of our readership. Um, what what is Lofgren, who is obviously a very close Pelosi ally, is doing is um, clarifying the is asking the Office of Congressional um, Workplace Rights to clarify regulations that indicate that allow the Hill to unionize. And we have the whole letter in here, but it's, listen, this is a first step by a key member of Congress on unionization. So this is going to get a lot of attention this week. There's a whole host and we don't have time to talk about it all right now, but there's a whole host of hurdles when it comes to unionization. But um, this is something that a lot of Hill aides are serious about. We reported yesterday in the midday edition that uh, the group that uh, is trying to unionize has sent out a it has tweeted and has has sent out a a form for Hill aides to fill out if they want to unionize. Very interesting stuff. Um, we'll, we'll be following this closely, but they don't have. I will say this. It's February. If Republicans take the House of Representatives next year, which we don't know that they will. But if they do, the unionization effort is going to hit a, a huge head, a huge headwinds because McCarthy's against it. Absolutely. All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Just a reminder, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., Jake and I are going to sit down in person with Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo at 9 a.m. Our in-person seating is full, but if you go to Punchbowl News, you can sign up to watch it online. And with that, please leave us a rating and review of The Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.